Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And this is Danny M. Solemn. This is the start of a three-part series that's going to be released day after day for the next three days, talking about basic crypto words, words that you're going to hear in the crypto space that you might not know what they're talking about. And we just want to clarify this. And these words are coming from decryptionary.com. Yeah, that's the simplest crypto dictionary and beginner's guide. Who's, whose website is that, Danny? Oh, that's my website. Oh, Thanks wow. For asking. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to start with basic crypto words. And these words are words that you're going to see. You might know what they mean or you might know the words, but not know exactly what they mean in context to cryptocurrency. And our first word today is currency. Danny. Yes. Currency is one of those words that we all think we know, but maybe we don't know all of it. Here's the definition for you. Currency is simply a system and its units for exchanging value. The value of each unit is just agreed upon by all of us to be worth something, right? And then you use those units to pay for things and services as well as your own debts. The part that I find interesting is the history of the word currency comes from current, meaning in use now. Currency is usually in use now because the government or banks produce it and we all agree that it has value. Does that right make sense on. to you, Matt? That sounds amazing. <laughs> Heck yeah. Hell yeah. The next word is cryptography. Now, cryptography is the study of making information unreadable so it's kept secret. There are many types of cryptography, including hiding words and images, using microdots, and computer programs. In cryptocurrencies, we hide money and the people who sent them in a scrambled, unreadable form. So now we have cryptography and we have currency, and we're gonna put those together, Danny, and those are going to be... Cryptocurrency. Stop. I said it. Danny, what does it mean? Cryptocurrency is an electric money. It's digital money. It's money that you can't hold in your hand, but that people treat as real money, as dollars, or as pesos, or as yen. And it's all made using technology that control its creation, protect transactions, while sometimes hiding the identities of its users, sometimes behind a string of letters and numbers, sometimes fully hiding it so you don't even know who they are. So, Danny, now we have cryptography, we have currency, we have cryptocurrency, and that leads us naturally to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. It's one of the first digital cash and, and definitely the one that started the cryptocurrency movement. It is the granddaddy. If you are using any exchange or buying any altcoin, which we'll go into what an altcoin is in a minute, you will be using usually Bitcoin to do that transaction. It was created in 2009 by an unknown person or group named Satoshi Nakamoto. Yes, Satoshi Nakamoto, unknown person or group, really clever. They are worth, how much are they worth? I think they're worth like something like $90 billion. They have a million Bitcoin locked up in their wallet at $9,000 today's price. Untouched. 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 It's just sitting there. So I think that's $90 billion. That's no, that's not $90 amazing. billion. That's $9 billion. I don't care. When you got a billion there, that's humongous. Humongous. So I, I think that makes guy. Satoshi Nakamoto one of the richest people in the world. Yeah. It's like beyond Oprah status. I think it's beyond Oprah status. It's getting up there, Danny. You're, you're, you're rich. It's pretty good. You're super rich. Yeah. You're not worried about uh, flying first class or anything at that level. 
<laughs> do you have your do you have your jet or not have your jet? That's the that's your worry. Yes, I want that. Okay, so our next word is Satoshi. Like the founder's first name, a Satoshi is the smallest unit of Bitcoin at one billionth of a Bitcoin. It's really small. And what's that mean for people, though, Matt? You know what? A lot of people think that they have to buy one Bitcoin, but that's not the case. Some people say, well, I don't have $9,000 for a Bitcoin. Well, you don't have to have $9,000. It's kind of like a dollar bill. A dollar bill can be broken down into quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, even half dollars back in the day. I don't think they make half dollar coins anymore, do they? I don't think so. Well, anyway, long story short, you can break the dollar down. Bitcoins also can be broken down into Satoshis. So if you're going to buy a Bitcoin, you can buy... A percentage of a Bitcoin. You can buy one Satoshi. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually don't know if you can buy one Satoshi, but you can buy 10 Satoshis worth of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You can buy 100 Satoshis, 10,000 Satoshis, and goods and services can be sold for fractions of Bitcoins. It can cost you 0.02 of a Bitcoin to buy said goods or services. That's how Bitcoins are broken down. They're broken down to the 10th, the 100th, or the 1000th, or anywhere beyond that to a small percentage of a Bitcoin. So then after... <clears throat> You have your Bitcoin. Let's just say you're going to buy your Bitcoin because you want to buy the word that we talked about earlier, altcoin. And altcoin is an alternative coin to Bitcoin. That's all it means is an alternative to Bitcoin. There's a debate, kind of an idea right now that some other currencies that are out there are not classified as altcoins anymore. Ethereum, Litecoin. They, some people say that they're not altcoins because they're just so big and got a life of their own. But altcoin basically means an alternative to Bitcoin. Right now, there's almost 2,000 altcoins on the market right now. And those are come from either currency coins, utility coins, security coins, any kind of tokenized or coin that's being traded on, say, Binance or Bittrex or Poloniex. Those are usually altcoins. Right. So it can be used for anything. As long as it's not a Bitcoin, it's pretty much considered an altcoin. Yes, sir. And now here's an interesting thing. When you're looking at the value of altcoins, you actually measure it quite often by Satoshis. You'll find a bunch of different websites and people talk about a value of that coin in Satoshis. Exactly. And a Satoshi is a percentage or a little bit of a Bitcoin. One Satoshi is one billionth of a Bitcoin. Yep. So when I'm buying my coins on, say, Binance or Poloniex or Bittrex, I usually like to know what their market cap is or their market capitalization or MC, if I was going to text you for short. And what is that, Danny? Market cap is calculated by taking the total supply and multiplying it by the price. For example, if Bitcoin is worth $10,000 and there are 16.5 million coins in existence, then we're talking massive, massive market cap. So for example, if Bitcoin is worth $9,000, which it roughly is today, and there are 16.5 million coins in existence, that means the market cap is 148,500,000,000 flat. 148,500,000,000. That's a humongous market cap. That's, that's, that's a big number. At least compared to the rest of our coins. That's a big number. You know, what's, you know what's surprising, though? It's compared to stocks, it's not that big, I hear. No, it's not that big. And you know what? Actually, compared to Jeff Bezos, it's not, it's not that big. Because he just got... Right? He just got listed as Forbes number one or the richest guy in the world with like $115 billion. There was a tweet that was going around the other day that Jeff Bezos can buy every homeless person in the United States a $200,000 house and still have money to fix Flint's water 17 times over. And that's not every person. That's every single person. That's not a family. That's every man, woman, and child a $200,000 house. Check this out. I just looked at Amazon.com's market cap, 763.4 billion. There you go. Bitcoin. Oh, 
That's like <laughs> seven times. Oof. So, so if you're on, so if you're looking at your market capitalization and you have your Bitcoin and you're seeing your altcoin prices in Satoshi's, you're probably going to be buying these on an exchange. An exchange is a place where something of value can be traded. One purpose of the exchange is to ensure fair trades are conducted. So an exchange basically, Danny, is that I have some coins and I'm going to sell them at X price and you want to buy them at X price. So you buy my coins and that's mm -hmm. how it is. But so I never meet you. You never meet me. We're just in, you know, cyberspace or, or on the interwebs. Yeah. It's just a, the, this tool, this, this system that does it, just like stocks are traded on exchanges. Exactly. We've got exchanges for crypto. Exactly. So you're going to use your Bitcoin to buy these altcoins on an exchange. And once you buy these altcoins or these Bitcoins, you might want to send it to your wallet. What is a wallet, Danny? So a wallet is software that lets people like you and I receive, store, and send their digital money. Th this is the funny thing about wallets is they don't actually store your money though. It, mm -hmm. it, it locks away access to the money. And the only way to get access to it is by providing a string of letters and numbers like a password that's known only by you. Okay. And where does that money get stored then, Danny? So it never actually moves. It's all recorded onto something known as the blockchain. Oh, now, hey, this is what we've been talking. This is this is cryptocurrency. This is blockchain. This is the blockchain space everybody keeps talking about. Danny, what is the blockchain? Yes, one of our favorite words, right? It is. I get happy blockchain, when I hear this word. Yeah, it's, it's like something I've become so familiar with. It's such a favorite word. Anyways, blockchain is is just technology for creating permanent, secure digital recordings that don't rely on any single person or group. I'm gonna say that again. It's technology for creating permanent, meaning it's not gonna ever go away, secure, meaning no one can change it or manipulate it, and these are digital recordings, but they're not created or maintained by any single person or group. Okay. It's everyone has access to it. And, and that, that blockchain can record any information, but the first example was for Bitcoin. And the recording of Bitcoin is distributed between many people all over the world. And this is actually called a distributed ledger. And a ledger is kind of like, eh, let's just call it an Excel sheet for easier terms. Just a recording of all the transactions, sales, trades, things you buy, money sent, money received in the blockchain. Mm -hmm. And the distributed part is that anyone can get a copy. Excellent. There are cryptocurrencies that are not necessarily distributed openly. For example, only people in a company have access to the blockchain. That's not really distributed ledger technology. That's, I forget the word for it, but it's limited distribution. Right. Whereas true distributed ledger technology is open to anyone. Anyone can get a copy and help maintain and record the data. Danny, that's a very good point that you made. There are private blockchains and there's public blockchains. Now there's public blockchains kind of like Bitcoin, Monero, uh, these other coins that anybody can mine, be involved in, participate in, and view the ledger or own a copy of the ledger, the blockchain on their computer and see it whenever they want. These mm -hmm. are public blockchains. Now, companies are making... Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store, no more worry about the kids losing a house key, no more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. 
It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months, but don't worry when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24 seven. So you don't have to worry about any issues you have and it comes with an 18 month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In private blockchains, where the technology of putting things into a blockchain and conducting their business so they can have this immutable ledger of transactions. Immutable meaning permanent. Meaning permanent. This immutable ledger of transactions for them and their clients. Sometimes B2B companies are making blockchain technologies so they can just transact with their clients. And this is a lot mm -hmm. with um, supply chain management or smart contracts that you know have works or goods or services just between one person and another or one business and the other. So just because it's a blockchain doesn't mean it's distributed ledger. Ledger, but blockchain is a technology to do what we said previously. And the distributed part is coins or currencies or companies that are built in a decentralized manner where everybody can participate and add to the ledger and see what's going on. Mm, I just found the word too. It's centralized ledger. Ah, the centralized and distributed. What is a centralized ledger, Danny? I mean, an example of that, I believe, is uh, Ripple. Their ledger technology is only going to be maintained by them and banks. Exactly. But that's, it's limited to whoever they allow. So this conversation started with talking about the wallet. And we are moving our altcoins from an exchange to a wallet. And that's going to be recorded on the blockchain, the movement of this asset class this digital cash. Wait, not really, because the money doesn't actually move from wallet to wallet. All that happens is who's able to access it is what changes. On the blockchain, it says, okay, this money is no longer Danny, it is now Matt's. And it can only be accessed by Matt's wallet using his password, but here it's not called a password, it's known as a private key. Excellent. So there's different kind of wallets. Before we go into public keys, private keys, and addresses, there's different kind of wallets. Mm -hmm. You can have a hardware wallet. And a hardware wallet and a hardware wallet is a specially designed device to lock away access to your cryptocurrency. The device is extra secure because it is disconnected from the internet, which is called cold storage, opposed to hot, which is opposed to hot. 
on the internet. Connected to the internet. It's connected to the internet. So you can have a hardware wallet. And these hardware wallets kind of look like a USB, like a Ledger Nano S or a Trezor. They're just little devices that you plug into a USB. They hold your private keys to unlock the blockchain, which holds your currencies. There's also something mm -hmm. called a software wallet. And a software wallet is a computer program design device or app to secure your cryptocurrency while only allowing you access to it. So basically you go to say, hmm, wait, what's a software wallet? Exodus. Jax. Jax. You download their app and through their app, you have access to the blockchain and it's stored on your computer. Your keys, your private keys are usually held by them, but your private keys are in encrypted through a password that only you should know and you access it through basically an app on your computer. You pop open an app just like opening a Word document or Safari or Google Chrome. You type in your password and bada boom, bada bing, you have access to your cryptocurrency and then you're sending your cryptocurrency everywhere. You're sending it to Matt and Danny. So let's sum it up. Hardware wallet is like a little USB key that's pretty darn secure and it's not connected to the internet because it's a little USB key and it allows you to store away access to your cryptocurrency. And then you have a software wallet, which is just a computer program, some software that only allows you to access it from your computer. Is that right? That sounds about right, Danny. And so okay. you and are those the only three wallets? Well, there's another one called the paper wallet, Danny. And you know what? I don't think anybody that's listening to us will, will get into paper wallets because they're a little tricky, a little, little more difficult, and a little less safe as, say, a hardware or a software wallet. Because if you lose a paper wallet, you're not getting your stuff back. Which, true. Which hardware Although, wallets if and, you lose your... Which, which hardware wallets and software wallets usually have a couple backups or fail safe so you do not get locked out of your cryptocurrency. Or if your computer crashes or if you lose your hardware wallet, you can recover your wallet's through different mechanisms they have. But a paper wallet, they don't have any fail safes. If you lose your paper wallet, you're done. And what is a paper wallet, Danny? A paper wallet is literally a piece of paper with your private keys written on it. That's your string of letters and numbers that lets you access your crypto. So it could literally be a napkin. It could be the nearest piece of paper. It could be a dog-eared piece of paper on your book. It could be a post-it note. Post-it note. It could be. There was a guy, I read about this, he wrote it on a post-it note, put it under his daughter's bed, went to vacation, came back, didn't find it there because the damn cleaner took it away from there thinking it was garbage and chucked it. Well, he the, lost his freaking paper wallet. Well, that guy, I, 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 I hope, I really hope the cleaner was smart enough to understand what it was. And he, she's like, done, I'm out. Uh, no, she legit threw it away. He ended up, it, it was a whole story. He somehow ended up making it happen that he got, recovered it, but... Uh, Wow. Yeah. It's because it was a backup to his hardware wallet and he was able to contact people for his hardware wallet. It's it's a whole thing. Wow. Either way, paper wallets are just a piece of paper. If you lose it, if you put water on it, if you light it on fire, it's done. Interesting tidbit about the paper wallet. I read an article a while back about the Winklevoss twins and they're billionaires. They're crypto rich. And what they do is they take their paper wallets, they cut it up into many different pieces and they put it in safety deposit boxes in different banks all around the country. So if they ever want to get their crypto, they have to collect all these safety deposit boxes, put their private key together so they have access. That's super That's safe. I'd, I'd do that. Oh, if I had a billion in crypto, I'd do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the least of the things I'm doing. <laughs> so, Danny, how do you send your money from the exchanges after you buy your altcoin or your Bitcoin to these wallets? I usually put a postage stamp on it and just send it to you. That's I'm nice. just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I haven't got mail in a while, so maybe maybe it's lost in the mail. Yeah. So 
The way we send it is I open my wallet. Let's say it's a software wallet like Jax or an online tool like, uh, what is Taylor's thing called? Crypto what? My Crypto. So we go to mycrypto.com or any of these other softwares. We plug in Matt's address. It's just another string of letters and numbers. It's, it's long and it's unique to Matt. Then I type in how much Bitcoin or Ethereum I want to send over. I hit send and that's pretty much it. It goes over. So basically what I do is I, su I supply Danny with my address to my wallet. And an address is an encrypted form of my public key. My public mm -hmm. key is something that I can give out to the world. Not really, unless it's my address. Not really. And my address is an encrypted form of that public key. And it's encrypted through hashing. Nope, just encrypted. Just we'll keep it there, encrypted. It's just encrypted. It's just encrypted. What's the what's <laughs> on the up what's on the opposite end of the of the public key, Danny? Yeah, opposite of the public is the private key. And the private key is another string of letters and numbers only known by you that allows you to spend the cryptocurrency. You never ever, 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 ever share your private key unless you want someone to be able to take all of your money. This is essentially like just handing them your cash and saying, here, please hold this for me. You don't do that. Your public key doesn't give them access to it, but it can theoretically be manipulated to get access to your money, which is why you only share your address and you hold on to the rest. Excellent. Absolutely, Danny. And Danny, so what we did right now is we already went through currency. We went through what blockchain is, wallets, exchanges and sending money there. But there is one mechanism that we're missing. And that mechanism is mining. Mining, everybody says, oh, I'm going to mine for Bitcoin and I'm going to get Bitcoins from mining. But mining is much more than that, Danny. Mining is... For nerds. <laughs> it's, well, some companies are trying to make that easy and make one-click miners on your computer, but they don't work. You need, you need some serious software serious hardware right. to, to, to mine. But mining is a very essential part to this whole cryptocurrency thing. And yeah, and mining is basically maintaining the blockchain, maintaining these digital records of transactions, where your money is, who controls it. If there were no miners, then these ledgers will not be maintained. And that's why people say mining is such an important aspect to cryptocurrency. Everybody says, we should start mining, start mining, tell people to start mining. Well, the more miners, the more people verifying transactions, the more people maintaining this ledger, and the more and the faster this network becomes. Also, more secure. Right. So why would anyone mine, though? Well, there's two reasons to mine, Danny. One is money, and one is money. So miners can get incentivized to mine a couple of different ways. The first way is from transactions. Every time you make a transaction with a cryptocurrency or a digital cash or digital asset, the miners put on a little bit of a fee. Depending on what cryptocurrency you're talking about, the, the fee could vary. For example, Litecoin. Somebody just sent $99 million in Litecoin to a wallet. It cost them 40 cents. Well, that's one transaction, regardless of how much it is. That 40 cents went to the miners. I sent $200 in Ethereum the other day. It cost me 15 cents. That money went to the miners. So through these transactions, people are getting little bits of money to maintain and incentivize them to keep mining and validating these books and records and ledgers. Now, the granddaddy reward when you're mining is to get that block reward. And for Bitcoin right now, it's 12.5. 12.5 Bitcoins. So if you get that block reward for mining, of course, you're getting a little bit of incentive for the transaction fees. But what you're really going for is that 12.5 Bitcoins. 
And that's why you're working so hard. And that's why you have all these ant miners and ASIC miners set up in a cave in in Iceland somewhere. And that's why right. you got- ASIC. Yes. ASIC is an important word. ASIC just means application specific integrated circuit. All that jumble full of words means is a specialized computer designed just for mining. Exactly. Or designed specially for doing one process to do something. And in this right. case, ASIC is meaning to mine or to crack this code so you can get those Bitcoins efficiently. So Danny, today we ran through some basic crypto terminology. In our next episode, coming out tomorrow, we're going to talk about crypto slang. Our favorite, slanging and, well, I was going to say banging, but that doesn't sound right. Slanging and banging? (laughs) (laughs) It is on my list of favorite things, but... But yes, slang terms. (laughs) All right, Danny, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, until then. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.